0: Welcome to Straight and Curly, a podcast for self-improvement junkies. I'm Kelly Exeter. And I'm Carly Jacobs.
1: This is episode 125.
0: Hello and welcome to Straight and Curly. Before we get started, I wanted to give our beautiful community the biggest virtual hug. So when Anne passed away at the beginning of the year, very understandably, Kelly wasn't in a position to think much about the podcast and I wasn't keen to put any pressure on her in any way. So I also backed away from the podcast I didn't mention it. I didn't really participate in the group. I just wanted to give Kelly all the space that she needed to truly do what she felt she wanted to do with the podcast. And we very slowly and organically and very happily found our way back to each other. And the podcast recently with our first episode going live last week, um, this means that our production costs are back. So I went to our Patreon account that I haven't even looked at since last year, and there was over $3,500 in that account. So that means that most of our beautiful Patreon supporters have continued to financially invest in Straight and Curly while we've had an almost eight-month break. This is such a gift to us as we can continue to pay for the production of the podcast while we concentrate on our content. I wanted to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. You are such a very, very special bunch of people, and we're so chuffed that you care so much about our self-improvement ramblings to keep supporting us while we've been on that break so thank you very much
1: yeah i couldn't believe it when you told me <laughs> that, that so much for sitting in the patreon account last week i just felt very honored and touched and yeah just that everyone kept contributing like while we you know while it was so uncertain as to whether we would even start recording again and when we would start recording again so yeah thanks so much to everyone who contributed that, yeah, it just made us feel very special and loved and thrilled that we're now back in your ears. And we are back in your ears with not a a huge departure from the format last year, but just a little bit of a departure. So what we've done is we've moved recommendation of the week back up to the top of the podcast rather than towards the end where it used to be, mostly because we used to do review of the week at this point in time, but because we haven't been podcasting, we haven't really got any new reviews. So... Recommendation of the week it is, and I'm going to kick it off with um, Rubra Decaf Coffee Capsules. And actually, I'm so quite stoked to find out that this Rubra ba- uh, brand, which is R-U-B-R-A, are actually a West Australian brand. Um, oh. Yeah, which my friend Alex just happened to find <laughs> at the local IGA when she was over here visiting me because um, she she likes to drink decaf and she got these capsules. And so I tried one because I do quite like to... I, I like drinking coffee and I do quite like having it in the afternoon, but I find that if I have it in the afternoon, it messes with my sleep and I just can't have anything. Oh, my anything. God, me too. Yeah, and I just can't have anything messing with my sleep right now. So, But I do quite often want to have a cuppa, you know, around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And then sometimes I even want like a cuppa after dinner because, you know, I do eat dinner at 5.30. It five tastes meetings. nice and it's warming. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's just like a little dessert type thing. Only, again, I can't drink coffee at that time. Um, yeah, so Alex found these decaf capsules and they are just a really nice coffee for not even for decaf, they're just straight up nice coffee. So there you go. If you are looking for a really lovely decaf brand and it's all kind of, um, you know how sometimes decaf people say, oh, don't drink decaf because it's like, you know, all chemical filtered and all that stuff to take the caffeine out. Like this is like the water filter kind of version. So that's the best kind of decaf. Yeah. So I lived
0: on that stuff when I was pregnant, but it always had to be water filtered or otherwise it didn't taste right. Yeah,
1: you can almost taste like the chemically stuff. Mm. So, yeah, so there you go. Rubra brand decaf coffee capsules is my typical. Are one. they for Nespresso? Yes, they are. Okay. Um, they are not – I don't think they're biodegradable like the um, – oh, what, what's the brand that I use? Republica? Yes. They're not – I don't think they're biodegradable like those ones. That's the only downside to them. But, yes, they are for Nespresso machines. So, Excellent. Carly, your recommendation of the week?
0: My recommendation of the week is no-grainer pizza bases and spiced Ooh. buns. So, we eat low-carb, high-fat, and no-grainer is a low-carb bread baker from Melbourne. We used to buy their bread when we lived in Melbourne, and it sold at every cute hipster mm-hmm. health food store that you can find uh it's at, they actually sell out quite a lot in Melbourne and so Thursday is this kind of this underground group of people <laughs> that know that Thursday is delivery day and you'll just see people just like buying you know five loaves Aww. at a time so every time I see someone do that it makes me really angry I, I'm like no it makes
1: me really angry as well that's so selfish but anyway but it's also fair enough they got their first but nah, then I don't I know. would never do that though I, exactly I just kind of feel like if if you know something is in low supply and there are heaps of other people that want to buy it and it's like a healthy thing, I feel you should do the right thing by other people and um, self-moderate, um, modulate, <laughs> I was trying to say modulate and then I was like, no, it's moderate. <laughs> Moderate. <laughs> See this is what happens Mod- moderate. when, I, is that what you when I'm recording with? at 5:30 in the afternoon. This is not my best time. Um, anyway, you know what I mean. You should self. I do but also, <laughs> the, the But also the, the
0: another thing that makes it really rude to do that is that you can buy this stuff online. So oh. I don't know why you don't just order your own stash, which is what I've been doing now that I live in the country. So I we have only ever had their bread. And I've been ordering online and if you order over, and they do this on purpose, obviously I fall for it every time. If you order over a certain amount, it's free delivery. (laughs) And because you can just chuck it in the freezer, it's fine. So I order,
1: I actually. (laughs) Are you about to confess to doing exactly what we just bag people doing in a shop? Like do you no, order no, no. like a ton of it, and then there's no well, nothing no, left like for everyone else?
0: <laughs> no, I can order a ton of it because they they bake it fresh, uh, okay. so you order it and they bake it for you. Oh, so they it's, bake I'm, it I'm order. entitled okay. to the I'm entitled to the bread. I'm not like taking it out of other <laughs> low carb, high fat, hungry people's hands, um, but. So you have to order over a certain amount to get the free delivery. And I'm a total tight ass and I wanted four loaves of their bread, but that got me just under their delivery. (laughs) And their pizza bases are like $6. So I just ordered one of their pizza bases and it arrived and it was just the greatest thing ever. So now I just order like four pizza bases every time I order. (laughs) And then they had these spiced buns that have like fruit and nuts and like a little dab of chocolate on the top. So I ordered those as well. And, I mean, (laughs) the buns are still a treat food, but it's so nice to have a hot buttered fruit toast type thing. Uh, yeah. Don't, yeah, like when you don't eat carbs or sugar, and I mean, you know, these still are a teeny bit carby and sugary, but nowhere near as bad as, say, a hot cross bun. Um, so, yeah, no grainer. It's spelt exactly the way you would think it would be spelt, and they're excellent, and they're a wonderful Melbourne company doing very brilliant things. And They yeah, should I, definitely sponsor the show, definitely. They <laughs> should, absolutely. <laughs> give me some free pizza bases. <laughs> cool.
1: And now for everybody's favorite segment <laughs> of the week and Carly has been like I know she's been saving up and making notes every time something random so yeah, yeah she's been stockpiling random things so we are we have a season's worth ready to go yeah, so Carly. absolutely do but well,
0: actually so I do have a whole list, but this one happened yesterday. So I really needed to share it. It's not actually my story, but it's just too good not to share. I just laughed and laughed when I heard this. So I had a teacher mate of mine. So most of my friends are teachers and I had a teacher mate of mine telling me that a colleague of hers is on Kindle. Sorry, I'm laughing. I can't even get it out. It's so funny. <laughs> So this colleague of hers is on kindergarten for the first time in years and years and really had to tone down her language. So if there's any teachers that listen to the podcast, you'd know that when you're on year six, you obviously don't swear, but you really, really tone down, you you tone down your language a little bit. But if you're on kindergarten, it basically turns into play school time. (laughs) So after a year of this woman teaching really, really little kids, she barely swears at all anymore. And the other day she got cut off in traffic, rolled down the window and shouted, that was not a safe choice for the guy who cut her off in the car I was snorting with laughter it's just so funny it's just that that twee kind of cussing that just stays with you when you're a teacher I still to this day say sugar when I drop something instead of shit and I haven't been in a classroom for about five years so that was just my favorite Oh, that's that was hilarious. so funny. Oh, and
1: on that note, we did um, drop a few swear words in the last episode and I did have to put an explicit label on it. So that's, you're not only allowed to say the S-word, cars. So I think we may have oh. <laughs> dropped something oh. worse in oh, the oh, last sorry. episode. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry to any parents who got a little bit caught with that. We promise no more like S-H-I-T is the worst thing we're going to say from now on. Hello, kids in the car. Um, yes, yeah, sorry about that. Sugar. Sugar, sugar. Sugar. Um, so, topic of the week this week we did kind of um, intimate that we were going to talk about this last week um, is going to be a simple guide to setting boundaries. Now, just quickly, this is a massive topic. Um, when I was trying to kind of like make notes for simple things, I was like, oh my god, this is actually a really big topic. So, it this is going to be a little bit simplistic, but you know we, we want to give kind of like, you know, your most basic guidelines for setting boundaries. And you would have heard in last week's episode, um, Carly mentioned that she's always been very good at setting boundaries and the and that ability has kind of gone to DEF CON level 10 since she had Harriet. Um, whereas me, I only really learned to set boundaries about two years ago and thank God I did because they have been just the lifesaver in getting through to this point in the year. Um So I thought to kick off, maybe we should start with, like, cars. what do we even mean by boundaries? So what we're talking
0: about in this episode, uh, boundaries can be physical, emotional, and psychological. And due to time restraints, we're not going to be able to go super deeply into all three of those today. So today we're going to focus on boundaries being guidelines that establish how others are able to behave around you and establish how you would like to be treated by other people.
1: Yeah, and look, it's important to know that, you know, you can be great at setting boundaries in like one area of your life and terrible at setting them in others. So so for me, I've always been quite good at setting boundaries with regard to personal relationships, you know, whether they be romantic relationships, friendships, family relationships. But I've tended to be very boundaryless when it came to my work. So in fact, it was almost like my personal brand as the owner of a design business was to be boundaryless, which is not a great personal brand. Just let me tell you. It so was it's, your personal it brand wasn't as well. It was terrible. When I think
0: back like Kelly six years ago, was, is that who you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah.
1: And it it's not just anyone out there listening, that's not a great personal brand as, as great as it sounds. Um and you know, and what that looked like was that, you know, I'd made it clear to my clients that they could contact me anytime, weekends, nights, whatever, and they could expect both a response and action, which was even worse. Like not only would they get a response, they could reasonably expect action anywhere, anytime. You know, and effectively, like I defined it as acceptable for them to ask unreasonable things from me, and so they did. You know, it's not wasn't their fault; it was my fault. And um, and you know, and the end result of that was, of course, that I ended up very burnt out and resentful. And I ended up burning out so badly, like I just wanted to shut the business. And when things got to that point. Like aunt, who like Carly was always brilliant at setting boundaries, like he took over the business and it was quite interesting because, you know, obviously back then I didn't really have the terminology of setting strong boundaries, um, much less understand the concept. So to me, I was a nice person and I would do anything for my clients. And of course, they all love me. And then when Ant took over running the business, I thought he was a bit of an arsehole because he drew like firm lines in the sand about how responsive we would be and about paying appropriately for our services and about, you know, things like scope creep. So, you know, I'm interested, Carl's, like, have you ever felt like people think or thought you were being a bit of an arsehole when in fact what you were doing was setting strong boundaries? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yes, <laughs> definitely. People think I'm an asshole. So I've had friends take my unavailability at certain points very personally. Uh, having said that, particularly now that I'm a parent and my time constraints are more intense, I am very, very firm about boundaries. So if someone asks me to do something professionally that I don't want to, I have a script that I use. So I've, I've written it out for you guys. Uh,
1: so I'll say,
0: thanks, Jane. I popped a J name in there for you guys.
1: <laughs> Just a quick one on that. Do you know that Jaden has started like in all his, and completely independent of me, he does not know <laughs> about this, in all his stories are all Jane names so, <gasps> how funny is that? Anyway, that's continue. so weird. Does he does he know about no the That's he so weird. Know about me and my obsession with J names and the fact that every story <laughs> I ever wrote as a kid had J characters. And that's so.
0: Weird. Also, because like J is actually not that common. It's a random letter. letter. Like maybe because it's it's got a high Scrabble score. So it's a hard, <laughs> I always know that because it's like it's a hard eight, letter yeah. to use. It's got like a ten, an 8 or a 10 yeah, or something on it. But, yeah. yeah, it's really weird. So I say, thanks, Jane. Thanks so much for sending that through. Your proposal doesn't fit in with my budget slash time allocation slash project scope for this year. I would love to work with you in the future, though, so please do keep in touch. Thanks, Carly. So that's the type of email that I would send to someone who I don't particularly want to work with. <laughs> um in terms, and I mean, I know that some people would get that and go, whoa, rude, and other people would get that and go, oh, awesome, she wants to work with me in the future, yeah, great. Yeah, that's right. So I, their reaction to that email is not really my concern. God, I sound so awful in this episode. I'm No one's going to like But the there's the
1: thing, like, I don't think you do, but that's me now. Maybe in the past I would have been like, yeah, you're you're brutal, man. Yeah. Like, you know, you're possibly, not very nice, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in
0: terms of personal boundaries, if someone asks me to do something I don't want to do, and I've brought this on the <laughs> podcast before, <laughs> I lie and say I'm not available. I'm very into the white lie. So if someone says, are you free on the 3rd of November? I will always invent a tentative plan before I commit. So I'll reply with, oh, we might have a family do that weekend, but it's tentative at this stage. What do you have in mind? Although... Conversely, I do think asking someone if they're available on a certain date without telling them what you want from them is a form of social entrapment. So <laughs> I, I don't have any guilt. <laughs> yeah. I have no guilt about the tentative clapback on that <laughs> because when
1: someone does that to you, it's always – It's never good. Nah, it's never, it's it's very rarely that it's something fun that they want you to do. It's always something crappy. (laughs) Exactly.
0: And so that way, if it's something I want to do, I can say yes. If it's something I don't want to do, I can say no. This doesn't mean that I skip everything I don't want to do. I promise I'm a very good friend. I do the parties and the plays and I help people move. I've been a bridesmaid five times, so I'm definitely not a horrible person. (laughs) But in order to protect my energy levels, I need to ration the amount of non-essential things that I can commit to.
1: by lying. Yeah. See, so this is this, you're like, you've got this built in. I did, I had to learn it. Yes. (laughs) So as mentioned, um, setting poor boundaries in my professional life led to burnout and resentment. And the effect is pretty much the same if you don't set strong boundaries in your personal life as well. Like, you know, you will end up feeling like people are taking advantage of you or not respecting you. And eventually that will lead to burnout and resentment. So- We wanted to give six tips for setting strong boundaries. And the first tip is kind of a little bit um, what Carly just mentioned. Never commit to something when you have been put on the spot. People shouldn't put people on the spot in the first place. But anyway. No, they shouldn't. (laughs) So I have a friend um, who always says, let me check with Johnny, who's her her husband, before committing to something. And I remember way back thinking, like, really? Like, why do you always have to check with Johnny? Like, it's not like he's like super controlling or anything. Um, And then one day I actually realized she wasn't checking with him at all. Like, that was just her way of not committing to something on the spot. And it was a bit genius um you know it was her way of being able to go away and decide whether she really wanted to do that thing or not so I have since developed my own version of I need to check with Johnny which is can I come back to you on that um which has endless applications like I've said this even before like if your kid asks you for art you know can I have an ice cream and you're just you're a bit caught in the moment and you're not sure whether they should or shouldn't just say can I come back to you on that and you can get back to them in 20 seconds. But, you know, for the big things when adults are asking you stuff, you can get back to them later and you can reply to them by email or by text and you don't have to do that in-the-moment thing where you see their face when you tell them you can or can't do something. Um, and, you know, I've got another friend who says, like, I just need to check my diary, but it's at home at the moment. So I just think this is a really good beginner tip for setting boundaries because you don't feel so much like a jerk when you, yeah. Yeah. And it also, it's not, it's not a white lie either, so you can avoid lying, Carl's.
0: See, I'm seriously having an existential crisis right now because that's literally what I do when I lie and say I have something on, but somehow when you explain it, it sounds way less jerky. I obviously totally agree with everything you just said. I just wish that I could say things like that without sounding like a total
1: arse hat. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sorry about that. Well, no, I've just given you your your new script. My Um, new script. So, um, They're, They're all lies, by the way. Well,
0: you're just not admitting that that, well, yours isn't a lie, but the check my diary and check with Johnny,
1: both lies. True, true. So mine is actually the only kind of virtuous way of, not committing of on the course that <laughs> is Kelly because
0: you're an angel human.
1: <laughs> so yes, people, can I come back to you on that? Is the key here um, or lying? So the second uh, tip here, and I'm the reason I'm the reason the reason I'm saying these <laughs> first two tips is because they're the ones like I kind of needed the most back in the day. Um, so the second one was ask yourself who's paying the price of your poor boundary setting. Um, so for me, it was always, you know, my husband or like even before we even had kids, even before we were married, it was always aunt paying the price of my poor boundary setting. And then it became aunt and the kids paying the price. You know, when I'm stressed out of my mind because, you know, I'm allowing these clients to have completely unrealistic expectations and I'm struggling to meet these expectations. And, you know, I think it's easy to fall in the trap of thinking that our behavior only affects ourselves, and then because it's only affecting us, it's okay. But the reality is, it's very seldom, but none of us are islands. It's very seldom that any behavior is affecting just us, and usually it's the people who we love the most and are closest to us who are paying that actual price.
0: I agree. So this is more pertinent than ever for me because time is very different for me now. This is why I'm so rubbish <laughs> in answering emails, why I'm much firmer and I don't beat around the bush in my communication anymore. Not that I ever did, but this quality news on mega steroids <laughs> now. It's also because, um, like, if I don't say I'm unavailable at a certain time, people abuse my time. And in the past, it was easier to manage. I could stay up late or I could skip a social engagement to make up that time. But now that price is much higher. It's being distracted while I'm spending time with Hattie or not having that precious few hours at night to unwind and have a cup of tea and watch some TV. I'm extremely protective of my family time. And it's kind of made me a bit of a badass. And I I don't really hate it. I'm kind of like, (laughs) you know, that email's been sitting there for three days, and I don't actually care. I'm not going to
1: respond <laughs> because
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't need to respond until Thursday, and you're going to be just fine if I don't. And you know what? Everyone is just fine.
1: Isn't it amazing how kids change their priorities or change what you think is important? Yeah, I'm th- in a good way usually. Oh, in
0: an oh, in an amazing way. I'm just. I just nothing phases me anymore. As long as Harriet is safe and happy and healthy, everything else is kind of just
1: gravy. Yeah. It's just very secondary. So what's, what's Mm. our third tip, Carl? The third tip is to give
0: yourself permission. A lot of the time it's the people pleasers. Hello, Kelly and I, (laughs) who struggle to set good boundaries. And that's because they're worried if they do, people will think they're an asshole. To which I say that says more about them than it does about you. And does it really matter if they think that? And also, maybe they're not thinking that at all. And that's another thing that Kelly and I struggle with Mm. a lot is thinking people are thinking
1: things that they're not really thinking. (laughs) So much.
0: (laughs) Just all the time. Uh, Also, maybe they admire you for being able to say no or being extremely clear about what will and won't. Work for you. So, you know, in my business, a lot of the time you play these cat and mouse games with pricing and all this kind of stuff. And what I really appreciate is when a client sends me an email that says, I have this amount of budget this is the time frame. Yeah. can you do it? And I just go, I love everything. I, you know, I would accept a lower rate for someone who just tells me exactly yeah. what they want without that stupid backwards and forwards. So ultimately, you're not responsible for up, for the other person's reaction to the boundary that you are setting. You are only responsible for communicating your boundary in a respectful manner.
1: Correct. Which kind of leads on to our fourth tip, which is to decide what your boundaries actually are. So this kind of sounds obvious, but in areas of our lives where boundaries are poor, we've probably never even considered what proper boundaries look like. So for me with work, like I had operated that way, that boundaryless way pretty much from the start. And so I had to actually back off and decide, you know, well, yeah, what's acceptable here and what's reasonable? Um, And so then I was like, okay, so I'm not going to, and this is going to sound so obvious to everybody else, but it was a real like moment in the sand, line in the sand for me to make this decision. I was like, right, I'm not going to check or answer emails outside of normal working hours as a start. And that was just, you know, the whole over-responsiveness thing. And then I had to look at the promises I was making to clients. And if I found myself You know, tempted to say, Oh, yep, I'll have that done for you by close of business tomorrow. Like, to like just, I just, Aunt kind of made me do this. He's like, Even if you can have it done by close of business tomorrow, promise it to them in two days so that if something else more urgent comes in, you've got a bit of, you know, time there. But also, if you promise them in it in two days and you deliver it to them in one day, they're going to be delighted. Whereas if you promise it to them tomorrow, And deliver it tomorrow, they're just going to think like, okay, that's great. You just did what you promised. So, yeah, you know, and, (laughs) and then also now you're setting the, you know, the expectation that you're always going to be able to turn things around quickly. So yes, that, like I said, these sounds, things probably sound common sense to a lot of people, but they were things I had to first actually decide to do and then do. Um, So decide what your boundaries are. Because you can't communicate your boundaries to people if you don't even know what they are. Exactly. And that's a big people-pleaser
0: problem. Yeah. So number five is frame your boundary setting around your own needs, not The needs of the other person. So, we mentioned before that you're not responsible for someone's reaction, so long as you communicated your boundary in a respectful manner. And the way to do that is to communicate your boundary in a way that speaks to your own needs as opposed to speaking to the other person's behavior or expectations. So, for work boundaries, Kelly could have said, It's totally unreasonable for clients to think they can contact me outside work hours, so I'm not doing it anymore. And that's my bitchy Kelly voice. Like, I'm not doing it. Get lost.
1: <laughs> That's the burnt-out, resentful Kelly. <laughs> like I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with you all.
0: <laughs> Which would have spoken to her client's behaviour which is behavior she'd actually trained them into. And that would have left them feeling a bit annoyed. So instead she said, I don't answer emails outside of work hours because that's my family time. So if there's a family member who you feel always asks more of you than they're willing to do for you, they might ask you to pick something up for them. And while it might be tempting to say, you always ask me, why don't you ask someone else for a change? A better way to say it is I won't be able to do it. Unfortunately, as my schedule that day doesn't allow for it it is possible to be both apologetic in tone, but also firm. And a major key to communicating strong boundaries is to only give as many details as is absolutely necessary and to be really firm. Also, friendliness goes a very long way.
1: Yeah. I totally agree with that. As only, like, I agree with the giving details, but only as many as necessary. Cause there is like Mm. this real hardcore bunch of people out there who's like, no, is a complete sentence. And I'm but that like, that horrifies me. <laughs> I'm just like, who can do that? Uh, who can just say yeah. no? Like, if I'm sorry, that's that's not socially acceptable. But I feel like also, and studies have shown this: if you give people a reason, they're more accepting of your your stance or your boundary. But the key is not to over-explain and over-justify. Just keep it really simple. Give only the most essential information and then leave it at that. And, And like Carly said, just be firm. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to be nasty, but you just have to be firm. So, and this leads us onto the final tip. And this is what, what I did really smartly is surround yourself with people who set strong boundaries. Um, Cause they'll have a good influence on you. It might take them 20 years, like it did Ant, um, or maybe not 20 years, it took him maybe 15 <laughs> years to get through to me. Um, <clears throat> but you know, they're going to rub off on you and they're, they're kind of modeling good behavior for you. So maybe take notes. So take note when people like that or other people set strong boundaries with you, note your own response and just see, like, you know, if you're a little bit put off or a little bit annoyed and kind of like just dig into your own response and ask yourself, why am I annoyed? Is it because they said no to me? Do I feel rejected? And I guess just so you can reverse engineer it for yourself later. But I, I just know if someone says no to me, I quite admire them for for being able to do it and kind of, I guess, feeling comfortable enough with me that they feel they can just say no. Um, so I take it as a compliment when people say no to me, just the same. Um, and I also try to learn from them, like, you know, how did they say no? Can I use that technique in the future? Um, but yeah, ultimately, I just think people who set strong boundaries are also generally people who respect boundaries that other people set. And I reckon those are the kind of people you really want to surround yourself with and that's why I'm friends with Charlie. (laughs) Absolutely. And actually that just reminded me, um, I think the reason why I'm so good at setting boundaries
0: is my mum is the champion at setting boundaries, but she's a thousand times more charming than I am. (laughs) So she has this wonderful way of, she's a very short, um, very, very gorgeous woman who just has a really beautiful, lovely manner and is very warm and she's just completely charming and she can get literally whatever she wants because she's just such a, pleasant, lovely human. And it's lovely to watch. You're just kind of like, wow, you just played that person so hard, but you know, because she's <laughs> lovely,
1: she just gets away with it. So. Oh, I so aspire to be like that, but it's definitely, <laughs> I'm not charming. I'm just, I'm just nice, <laughs> but there's a difference. Um, I aspire to charming, but I'm going to have to be content-, content with nice. So yeah, so that is, that's the topic for the day done and dusted. And as the people have asked us to do, we, we, finish up with kicked our ass and kicked ass. and last year we were finishing up with kicked our ass and people commented like why are you finishing up on the like yeah. the more negative one and we're like yeah why are we finishing up on the more negative very one? good point um so we have swapped them around <clears throat> so and, and kicked our ass and kicked ass is just more um one to show that our lives aren't perfect but that was like last yeah. year so everybody knows my life's not perfect <laughs> yeah yeah Probably don't need to prove that, but it's still yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's still a nice check in, and conversely, also nice to see where we're getting little wins. So I will say that kicked my ass was the lead up to Father's Day, which was Father's Day was last week Sunday, and the lead up to the day just yeah really got to me, um, and I, I kind of knew that it would because that was like Aunt's best quality was being a dad he loved it so much he was so great at it his kids our kids adored him um i adored watching him be a dad it was all he ever wanted to be in life so i knew last week would be hard and you know and i dealt with it by just by crying whenever i felt like crying and then getting on with things so um i do find it really hard to be around family other than my kids on these milestone first type things at the moment which I'm sorry, sorry, family. I don't know why I'm like that. But, yeah, I just find it has to be around my family. So I couldn't really make plans with them that day because I knew it would just make me sad all day. So um, some wonderful friends invited us to spend the day with them and, you know, assiduously avoid places where there was Father's Day stuff everywhere. Um, And, you know, look, I gratefully took them up on the offer and it ended up being a really, really lovely day. The kids were occupied and happy. And I was happy because somebody else took up the mental load of keeping the kids occupied and happy for the day. And, um, yeah, so the actual day itself was not bad, but the lead up did kick my ass a little bit. Carved. What lovely friends. And that's such a
0: fantastic offer. I think that's a really good thing for other people to offer someone in a similar circumstance yeah. and, you know, not not forcing them to take Take them up on it, obviously, but just putting it out there as an option. It was really lovely. Yeah, I did think about you a lot on Father's Day, and I'd really like to say that next year will be easier, but I don't know that. But (laughs) I do know that the first milestone days are really extra hard. So I did think about you quite a lot. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. So kicking my ass this week is sickness. So Hattie and Ben are just walking snot machines. Well, not Harriet because she doesn't walk, but (laughs) it's. It's disgusting. It's just foul. They're just just snot everywhere. So thankfully, um, hats is a sleepy sick kid and not a hyper sick kid. <laughs> so at least she's just been sleeping like a champion. Uh otherwise I'd just be going completely nuts. Meanwhile, my immune system is spectacular. I've oh. just I've been sick once while pregnant and once this year, and it's freaking awesome. And I think it's the only thing holding up there <laughs> together at the yeah. moment, to be honest.
1: I know, Thank God. I was going to say, like, hopefully you're not putting in the mocker on yourself, but I don't think you are. You're a very robust health
0: person. very robust. So now I'm putting
1: the mocker on you. (laughs) If you can stand up to both of us putting the mocker on you, you you have a super robust immune system. Um, (laughs) um, Okay, so kicked ass um, is I had an idea for a book the other day that I am totally in love with and I have already started researching it and making notes and it's just giving me a real spark to have a project that is my own to work on. So, um, you know, client projects are fun, but my own projects are funner because know, yeah, oh, they're low stakes, um, no pressure. Uh, you you know, work on them when you like. And actually, um, Jaden's birthday was in July, and in the lead up to that, I wrote and produced a book for each of the kids for his birthday, and I got to see how much fun. I had working on those projects, and it really gave me a lift. So yeah, I'm excited to have something new to work on that I'm very excited about.
0: I saw those books your ki- that you did for your for your kids. It was, I was they looked so chuffed in that oh, they photo. They were pretty
1: pleased. I was very, um, you know, when you like put a lot of time and effort into something, and then you give it to kids, and, and kids are yeah. sometimes very suboptimal in their reactions to things. <laughs>
0: Um, (laughs) Sub-optimal, that is just the most even-tempered way of saying when kids are ungrateful, little sugars.
1: Well, I just remember um, way, way back. So when Aunt and I started going out, like we were 17, my brother, my littlest brother, he was only seven. um, So he kind of became like Aunt's little, you know, the little brother Aunt never had. And I remember once like we got him a bike for his birthday (laughs) Oh no, for Christmas, and we were so excited to give him this bike and we waited till all the presents were open and we left it outside on the neighbour's lawn oh, and we took God. him outside and we we were like oh, Merry Christmas And he was just like Oh oh cool <laughs> And it was just like the most like we would Devo and Aunt never got over it. Like Aunt was very good for holding a grudge for kinds of those things. And he never let my little brother forget about <laughs> oh it either. God. So, um, so I've been burnt by my little brother many times. So I was not expecting much from my kids, but they were suitably stoked. So thank you to my kids for looking after my feelings in that way. So yes, so yes. What did you um, kick ass at, Carl?
0: So I uh, kick ass this week. It's kind of just more of a this month thing. So <laughs> I've set up a mini gym at our house because actually going to the gym is proving difficult uh, just because, you know, I have a child and I'm still breastfeeding her and it's just, you know, you know, it's all really annoying. Uh, And it's actually working really, really well. So I do a quick 30-minute workout most weekday mornings and I put Hattie in her high chair and she watches me and thinks it's hilarious. (laughs) So there's an aerobics track that I do and I, like, run towards her like you're supposed to run (laughs) to the front of the room. (laughs) <laughs> and I like throw my hands up in the air and then I kiss her when I get there and then I run back and she just claps and laughs and just thinks it's her own, you know, personal entertainment machine. Um, <laughs> so I got all of my gear from Kmart. They have a really excellent sports they section. They so do I
1: got- have a really excellent sports section. I've got a few stuff, a few stuff, a, a few <laughs> bit of things from there as well. Yeah, it's great. Um, so I
0: got like a weight set and some barbells and a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and I've joined Les Mills online. Mm. And um, I actually put this on my stories, but for years and years, I thought Les Mills was Les Mills, uh. like it was French. <laughs> and then when I, um, and it wasn't until, because uh, no one ever says Les Mills, like you, you just say it's like a pump class. Yeah, yeah. And then it wasn't until I got, Les Mills on demand, and people like "Welcome to Les Mills." And then I was kind of going, "What is Les Mills?" And then I googled it. It's just a guy called Les. It's
1: literally a guy called Les Mills. Yeah, the
0: one who started all these things. Yeah, it's not French. It's not fancy. Just a dude called Les. So I do pump, attack, and grit classes or like a balance or a shabam class when I'm feeling a bit lazy. And I'm actually really enjoying the balance or shabam class. So shabam's like a dance class. Oh, and right. I'm really enjoying them because I would never do them at the gym because it felt like a waste to drive yeah. to the gym yep. to stretch for an hour. <laughs> but if I wake up in the morning and I don't feel like doing anything hardcore, I just do a balance class and it's lovely. So that's my kicked ass this week. Mm. And that's actually time to wrap it up. Um, don't forget that we have a Patreon page, which I mentioned earlier. It's there for people who want to support the show. So we don't have to have ads or chase sponsors. It's not there for us to be millionaires. It's simply there to cover the cost of production so that we can concentrate on doing the content. So if you love listening to the show and you want to support it, just visit patreon.com forward slash straight and curly
1: and finally do jump into the facebook group so just search straight and curly on facebook and you'll find us um we'd love you to share your thoughts about this week's show and we're going to open up a thread inviting people to share how they've set strong boundaries in their life so we'd love to get you you and your thoughts in there see you then Thank you so much for listening to Straight and Curly. This week's show notes and links will be available at straightandcurly.com. And if you have any questions or weird self improvement hacks you want us to trial, you can tweet
0: us at Kelly Exeter or at Smaggle, or you can email us at hello at straightandcurly.com.